What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Slaw Sports Show. I'm your host, Cole Noble, a.k.a. Slaw, and we just had another um, kind of interesting week in sports, I guess I would I mean, it's always the phrase here on the Slaw Sports Show, but this one was definitely interesting, um, you know, with the NBA, MLB, uh, some training camps, some NHL games, all that stuff was getting um, postponed and boycotted this week. After the events that happened in Wisconsin last uh, last week, um, athletes all across the world were standing up um, for the civil rights um, events that's going on in America right now. And because of that, they were boycotting a lot of games, and you know they postponed the NBA playoffs three days. Um, they just boycotted uh, those games the last. Three days, they're coming back tonight. Um, the NBA playoffs will be resuming. Uh, a couple MLB games got canceled. So all, with all that being said, uh, this week was definitely interesting in terms of not having much content um, in the sports world with all those games getting canceled. Um, so because of that, uh, we're going to be having an interesting episode today. Uh, similar to last week, um, we're going, uh, instead of talking about some breaking news, that kind of stuff, we, are, we formulated our own episode again. If you didn't check out last week's episode, we broke down our top five dark horse candidates to win the NFL MVP award. And we had a great list put together with a couple honorable mentions as well. So if you didn't check that out, go back and uh, watch that episode as well. Um, but we're going to continue with kind of how we did that last um, episode for this week. But instead of having a top list, we're just going to run through a couple of big names in the NFL and during training camp that have uh, really showed out so far and strictly focusing on the rookies today. So for today's episode, we're going to have an NFL rookie report um, throughout the tra- um, from throughout training camp. And because of that, um, or because we're talking about this today, is because in the next uh, couple of weeks, the NFL season will officially begin. Um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, this year, there will be no NFL preseason, so we're jumping right into the season following training camp, starting out with week one. So really excited about the NFL starting back up um, here in the next week or two, or next two weeks. Um, so teams are finally trying to put their last-minute um, formulas in place for training camp, making sure their offense, defense, special teams, and overall team is ready to go to begin the season. And a big part of NFL teams is the rookies. So that's what we're going to be spending our time on today is talking about the rookies and how these young bucks have been doing so far in their first training camp in the NFL and which ones have been impressing and are looking to go on to start week one for their respective teams and just overall which guys have been really showing out in training camp and um, can really offer a huge benefit for their teams early on in this season. So we're going to go ahead and get started with this, and um, obviously to get started talking about the NFL rookies and rookie report so far in training camp, you got to start with the guy who was drafted number one overall, and that's Joe Burrow. Um, He's over with the Cincinnati Bengals, took him first overall as their new franchise quarterback, and so far he's been living up to that number one spot um, so far through training camp. Um, He's doing a great job connecting and throwing the ball around to all of his receivers, really learning that offense. Um, Offense coordinator Brian Callahan and head coach Zach Taylor have been really impressed with what they've seen so far from their number one overall pick. And with Joe Burrow, he's 
uh, learning to, you know, connect and build relationships with his wide receivers. And I think that's really key for the Bengals um, going into this season. They got a lot of mouths to feed on offense. Yeah, think about the receiving core with A.J. Green returning this year. You got T. Higgins drafted in the second round out of Clemson. Uh, you got Tyler Boyd, and you got John Ross, who has officially come back from the COVID reserve list. And you also got Alden Tate um, there in that wide receiver room. And then at running back, of course, they still got Joe Mixon, a guy who year after year is expected to have a bounce um, and a breakout year at that running back position. We're obviously going to look and see um, if Joe Mixon can put uh, put together another strong 1,000-yard season as well. That'll definitely help the rookie uh, rookie quarterback and Joe Burrow. Um, but with Joe Burrow, some things we've um, already noticed in training camp outside of him just building that relationship with his wide receivers and offensive coordinator. Um, he's having to also adapt to the offensive line. And the offensive line in Cincinnati has been one of their struggles in the last couple of years and, re- and in recent years. Their offensive line has not been um, up to par and has been one of the worst position groups in the league uh, um, on the offensive line. And Joe Burrow is already having to adapt to that. And if you haven't seen the Twitter video, there's a Twitter video out of Joe Burrow rolling out in the pocket and having five defensive linemen chase him down. Now, whether or not that was a scripted practice drill, having him you know, already learn to adapt to running outside the pocket with five guys chasing him or not, um, or if whether or not that was during a live drill with the offensive line, um, uh, was unknown uh, through that Twitter video. But the offensive coordinator is doing a great job putting in um, those type of drills together for Joe Burrow, getting him to adapt to the struggling offensive line and be able to adapt to the NFL-type defensive lineman that's going to be coming at him every single game starting you know, the first week in week one. Um, that's something Joe Burrow didn't have to worry about during his time at LSU. LSU had a strong um, interior offensive line, one of the best in college football last season. But this year in Cincinnati, that's one of their weakest positions. So he's definitely going to have to learn to adapt to that going into this season. Um, but heck, or, but offensive coordinator uh, Brian Callahan, he said that everything is coming quickly with Joe Burrow, which is something you love to see out of the young guy. He's picking everything up uh, really quickly, getting the getting the ropes, getting all the reps down in his pocket, and he's looking like a real guy who can come in and be their starter week one. You know, obviously we predicted that, um, of course, with him being the number one overall pick, and then moving and the Bengals moving on from Andy Dalton, it looked like he's going to be the number one quarterback going into week one. Still that still that case. He's working with the first teams. They haven't officially announced him as a starter, but we can already see it coming. So Joe Burrow, keep up the keep up the good work going through training camp, and good luck to this season. And then next, we got the second quarterback who was taken off the board in the NFL draft. And we got Tua Tagovailoa um, over in Miami. And so far through training camp, Tua still in the early stages, and we uh, we knew that was going to happen um, during this time in training camp. Tua is a guy that you know Miami sees as their franchise guy, but not like. Not like how the Bengals see Joe Burrow. He's not going to be the franchise coming in, franchise guy coming in week one. Um, it's going to take a couple of weeks for Tua to finally get the ball rolling and get into the offense, um, especially during game situations throughout this season. And as of right now, it looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick is looking to start week one for the Miami Dolphins. So fans of Tua Tagovailoa, you have to wait a couple of weeks into the season before you see uh, your franchise guy 
But through training camp, he's been relatively quiet. Um, not much news about Tua so far um, other than uh, coming out today from today's training camp practice. Um, they had a scrimmage where Ryan Fitzpatrick was absent. Um, he's dealing with the passing away of his mother today. So our thoughts go out to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, but Tua Tagovailoa got uh, reps with the first team today in scrimmage. And, you know, he had a couple couple plays where, you know, the accuracy was good. Um, his movement was good. And it looked like he was uh, starting to put it together. Um, he had a good deep pass down to Preston Williams that was dropped. Um, it was in his hands, great throw, um, all that kind of stuff. But Preston Williams didn't come down with the catch. Um, so Tua obviously has to adjust with his receivers um, and all that going forward um, throughout practice. But for the most part, um, through today's training camp, he was a little bit off target. Um, he was intercepted um, early on in that uh, one of the first drives of the scrimmage. And then you had third string quarterback Josh Rosen intercepted as well um, for Miami's practice or scrimmage today. Uh, so Tua, you know, he's had great practices and he's had not so great practices and he's admitted that himself. He said he just needs to work on getting the kinks and the mechanics worked out and um, keep doing better and keep improving day after day. And again, something you love to see out of the young guy looking to improve day after day. So he's still going to work out those kinks. It's going to take it's going to take time uh, with Tua, but definitely a guy we're going to be seeing in the starting lineup uh, before we know it going into this season. And now we got the third quarterback. Um, we're we're going to be talking about four quarterbacks today, and all of which were drafted in the first round. Uh, so we're to the third quarterback now. We got Justin Herbert. Um, he was drafted uh, with the sixth overall pick right after Tua Tagovailoa. He was drafted to the Los Angeles Chargers. And Justin Herbert has been very impressive so far, in my opinion, compared to how team or how analysts and scouts saw him going into the season. I think he's been very impressive so far through the early parts of training camp. Um, he's still working with the second team right now, um, majority working with that second team offense, but he has had some opportunities to work with that first team. And, you know, they're um, they're trying to mix him in with Tyrod Taylor, um, mixing uh, one guy in, one guy out kind of thing with the first team offense. But for the majority of training camp, we've seen Justin Herbert work with the second team. And before live drills started with the entire offense, Justin Herbert was very impressive, like I said, uh, with his mechanics and throwing the football, hitting targets, looking very accurate um, already through the first part of training camp. And something uh, to keep an eye on is his accuracy. Um, that's something that was kind of a, in question going into this season. Um, but Justin Herbert has made the most of every opportunity so far through training camp. And it's a guy who will quickly start to mix more and more into that first team um, offense. And like I, like I said with Tua, a guy who will eventually work into that starting lineup as well for the L.A. Chargers. Um, and interesting enough with Justin Herbert, a thing I want to mention is throughout training camp, he's been working under center and running a lot of bootleg plays. Um, that's not something we saw from Justin Herbert in Oregon. Um, the majority of the time he was running some zone read offenses, and um, shotgun personnel at the quarterback position. But so far through training camp, he's been under center, running bootlegs, and his mobility and accuracy has been meshing perfectly with that style of offense and working very well for Justin Herbert. So things in L.A. are looking really good for Sunshine right now um, at the quarterback position. 
So the next guy we want to spotlight for our rookie report is Chase Young, obviously the dominant, um, explosive defensive end uh, for the Washington Redskins. One of the best players in this year's draft, drafted second overall. And this guy's already shown his size and explosiveness. We're going to be really brief with him because looking at him alone, you can tell he's already locked up the starting job at defensive end. And he's already the favorite for the Defensive Rookie of the Year award this season. But Chase Young has just been explosive off that edge um, so far through training camp. He's already picked up grown um, veteran tackles and just chucked them over to the, to the side out of his way. Did the same thing again yesterday on Friday with a tight end. And Chase Young, just keep killing it, man. Um, you're a dominant beast, and you're going to show that this season and be one of the premier defensive players in the NFL as a whole. So keep up the good work, uh, Chase Young. And next, we got A.J. Terrell, uh, the cornerback out of Atlanta. And this is a guy who was a surprise pick by many during the NFL draft, but a guy that who I actually liked, and I liked him for the sole fact of his size. Um, in terms of uh, reach and height, he's listed a lot higher than traditional cornerbacks in the NFL. When you think about guys, he's going to have to guard in the NFC South division. You know, you got Michael Thomas, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. His size is going to give him the advantage against those guys in that division. And AJ Terrell already in training camp is running with the first team as the number one corner for the Falcons so far. And, um, for anyone who's a Falcons fan and anyone who's an NFL fan, you know what that means. Being the number one cornerback in training camp means you're going against arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, Julio Jones, every single day. But so far, A.J. Terrell's been holding his own. Um, he's had a lot of pass disruptions while guarding Julio Jones and really matching up step for step with the dominant wide receiver. And like I said, his size is giving him a key advantage uh, with a taller receiver like Julio. So he's obviously impressing guarding, being able to guard a player of that caliber with Julio Jones, being able to step for step with him, like I said, and match up with him defensively. And he's also had an interception on quarterback Matt Ryan already in training camp. So A.J. Terrell is doing fantastic Um so far through training camp, and like I said, being the number one cornerback already um, on the roster through training camp, looking likely he's going to uh, suit up as the number one cornerback in week one, already as a rookie with the, uh, being drafted with the 16th overall pick. A.J. Terrell, um, keep proving doubters wrong. Um, a lot of people have said a lot of stuff about you that the Falcons reached, um, that there are better options on the table at cornerback at 16. Keep proving them wrong and keep showing that you're going to be a good premier cornerback in this league and keep matching up with Julio Jones. Give him a little bit of a hard practice every day. Uh, make him work for it and make Matt Ryan work for it as well. And good luck this season. Um, our next player on our list is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. And again, like we said with A.J. Terrell, the same case goes for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It's already looking likely that he will be the starter in week one as the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the starting running back from last last season, um, Damian Williams has opted out um, of the season because of COVID-19, which pretty much secured the starting job early on for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But head coach Andy Reid said an issue with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is his blocking so far. Um, he stated that if Clyde Edwards 
can't block for um, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, he can't play, um, which is obvious enough at the running back position. A key part of that position is being able to block in the passing game. Um, when you're not out as a receiving threat, you need to be able to block for your quarterback. So Kyle Edwards and Lairs have been having some issues with that, um, but he's looking to hopefully improve on that going forward um, with these last two weeks of training camp. But already he's shown his coveted ability of his balance and agility that made him a premier back in LSU and LSU's offense. Being able to read the defense, uh, read the Mike and Sam linebackers, see where they fill in the gaps, and be able to work from there. Um, Andy Reid's going to have a fun time with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and the offensive line drawing up um, mixed blocks and mixed gaps um, plays for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to be able to read. And like I said, out of the passing game, this guy's going to be a threat and a huge favorite target for quarterback Patrick Mahomes, along with Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Miko Harmon, Sammy Watkins. This team is loaded with all kinds of weapons, and Clyde Edwards is already looking like a dominant one for this team. And if you've been following along with fantasy football, the ADP for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is above the ninth pick. So, team, or, so fantasy teams around, um, around the world are already um, coveting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire early in that first round and have high expectations for the rookie in his first season. And we do as well. We think he's going to do phenomenal in that offense, and I'm really excited to see how they work with him, whether he'll be more used outside as a receiving threat or if they can implement some of those gap, um, multi-gap options on the offensive line for him to run through, uh, like we saw in LSU and like we saw in Pittsburgh with Le'Veon Bell, that kind of style of running. See if we see that in Kansas City this season as well. So next up, we got another running back. Um, we got Antonio Gibson out of Washington. So our second Washington player on our NFL rookie report. Um, and what I like about Antonio Gibson is that he has a real threat to challenge Adrian Peterson uh, for the workload, not the starting job, just workload in general in Washington. Um, with Darius Wise being removed from the team for his incidents um, earlier this month, late last month, um, Antonio Gibson has a huge opportunity here to challenge Adrian Peterson for the majority bulk of the workload um, in Washington. And what's interesting about Antonio Gibson as well is he has been phenomenal as a receiver. So not really sure if they try to move him out of position or keep him just as a receiving back. But obviously, um, with that ability, he's going to be a huge guy who's going to come in and be the third down receiving threat back early on for this offense. And later on in the season with his ability to run, um, I think, you know, kind of the mid-season mark, I think Antonio Gibson's going to move up to that 35 40% share um, on offense with Adrian Peterson. You know, they got other guys, Peyton Barber, um, and other guys on that running back position who could challenge for that percentage uh, workload on their offense. But Antonio Gibson's a guy who I think can take full advantage of the opportunities in front of him so far and really show what he's made of this season and challenge. Uh, like I said, challenge Adrian Peterson for some workload early on um, in that offense. And then we got another running back coming up. We got A.J. Dillon, um, second-round running back uh, for the Green Bay Packers. We talked about him um, a couple of episodes ago, or last episode, actually, um, just how much of a beast and how much the media already loves this guy, comparing him, like I said last week, 
to Saquon Barkley with his frame and size at the running back position and the size of his legs as well. Um, but coming in at 247 pounds, um, A.J. Dillon is a beast um, of a running back, but it's going to be interesting to see how Green Bay actually uses him this season because currently on the depth chart, uh, two and possibly three running backs are ahead of him with Aaron Jones, a guy who led the league um, or tied the league um, and touchdowns in 2019. You got Jamal Williams um, as their backup running back right now, and he is a huge favorite in the receiving threat for Aaron Rodgers and can also work in the running in the run game as well. And then you got Tyler Irvin, Swervin Irvin, um, who came in late last season and who head coach Matt LaFleur loved to implement into the offense, came in as a special teams guy, but LaFleur liked what he was seeing in practice and worked him into the offense. So those three guys are going to be ahead of A.J. Dillon early um, so far in training camp. Um, so we're going to see how A.J. Dillon can work into this offense with those three backs ahead of him. And I think that you know after the, the trade deadline, something I see is with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, both due for contract extensions this year, both on their final year of their rookie contract. Obviously, Aaron Jones looking likely to get his extension with the Packers, but Jamal Williams, a guy who you, you could see being traded at the deadline. I think the Packers could use Jamal Williams early on um, for a bulk of the workload in this season, Pat, um, get him some stats filled up by the trade deadline, make him look really, really enticing for other teams, and then move on from him and be able to work in A.J. Dillon a lot more in that offense. That's something I do see happening this year with the Green Bay Packers. So A.J. Dillon, a guy also um, kind of toward that mid-mark of the season, you could see start working in more and getting more carries with that Green Bay Packers offense. So now we got our first wide receiver we're going to talk about, and it was the third wide receiver actually drafted on the board, but in my opinion, um, the premier wide receiver from this draft, and that's C.D. Lamb over in Dallas. And already through training camp, he's being listed as the number one uh, wide receiver threat as of today um, for the Dallas Cowboys. They've listed him, I believe, I noticed on Twitter, ahead of Amari Cooper, uh, which is really interesting because Amari Cooper getting that huge contract this offseason and C.D. Lamb coming in as a rookie. But C.D. Lamb has been impressing so far, already looking like Dak's favorite target um, early on in this season. And um, from what we've seen from him through – uh, some scrimmages practices so far. He's terrific downfield. Uh, made a lot of nice sideline grabs and nice um, had a lot of nice catches catches while in contested coverage uh, with the corners um, over there in Dallas. So C.D. Lamb looking like a huge deep threat uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. And like we said last episode, C.D. Lamb's going to be a huge um, addition to that offense and be able to really make it work. Um, and will be a huge benefit for Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion. Uh, we went off about that for quite a while last episode, but CeeDee Lamb is going to be a huge deep threat option for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys this season, and it's looking really likely he, be, he will be one of the premier guys of that offense as well. Uh, so now we got our last quarterback. Um, we got a couple more players to talk about here, but this is our last quarterback um, for our rookie report. And it's Jordan Love out of the Green Bay Packers. We talked about him last season, so we're going to be really brief. Um, like we talked about last episode, he's initially struggled 
um, through the first 10, first 10 practices of training camp. His footwork and accuracy has been off tremendously, and right now he's listed as a third quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers and Tim Boyle for the Green Bay Packers. So now what they're looking for, for a guy they traded up in the first round to select. Um, but he's kind of improved on what we talked about last episode and this last week. Uh, really stepped up this week in live scrimmages. Made a lot of nice throws downfield. Um, but an issue still is that accuracy that we've seen um, this week. A lot of his passes are looking like touch passes and um, hasn't really been putting a lot of zip on the ball. So not good. When you start facing some live defenses, touch passes like that can be easily intercepted or knocked down. So Jordan Love's going to work on the accuracy, work on getting that zip on the football. Um, but like we said last episode, Jordan Love's a guy who's going to be a project guy for the next couple of years in Green Bay. Not looking for anything. Um, hopefully um, th- not looking for anything this season out of Jordan Love in terms of game time. But definitely a guy that we got to see that we got to keep watching during training camp and see his improvement with the offense. So next we're going to talk about another wide receiver. We got Henry Ruggs over with the Las Vegas Raiders and coming out today, a unknown or unnamed Raiders coach said that Henry Ruggs and, and the Raiders wide receiver core in general is going to be shaped like a basketball team with Henry Ruggs being the main point guard and other explosive scoring weapons around him. Um, So Derek Carr obviously loves to hear that. And with Henry Ruggs, he's going to be the main deep threat for this Vegas offense and going to be the real guy to really blow the tops off of defenses this season. And we saw his 40 time, very impressive. But his field field time and field running ability is more impressive than what we've seen just number-wise at the combine. This guy can replicate it on the field probably better than what he can replicate running it in some shorts and a T-shirt. So when the pads are on Henry Ruggs, this guy's going to be a huge weapon for the Raiders going into Vegas this season. And already um, through their mock game at Allegiant Stadium, Henry Ruggs has been exposing defenses with deep cross routes and and has had long games and run after the – a lot of run-after-the-catch opportunities – already in their first mock game with the Raiders. So really look on this guy. Look at this guy. Um, I think he's going to be one of the best wide receivers. Um, not in the draft. Or I talked about earlier with CeeDee Lamb. He was the best wide receiver, in my opinion, from the draft. But going into this season with terms of percentage, um, targets, and in terms of just ability on the field, Henry Ruggs is going to be one of the better uh, rookie wide receivers in the league this year. And also with his ability to just absolutely tear through defenses and um, really stretch the field downfield. Um, He's going to be a huge threat for Derek Carr and the Raiders, like I said. So Henry Ruggs and his blazing speed will be on full display early on in Vegas. So looking very good for Henry Ruggs so far. And we're going to go over um, to our next guy on the list. So our next guy is Antone Winfield, um, the safety out of Tampa Bay. And another guy who's already getting reps with the first team defense. And Bruce Arians said that Anton Win- Winfield will compete for the starting job at that safety position. He's been a very good instinctive ball hawk safety so far. Picked off Tom Brady already. Um, a lot of, uh, like we said with A.J. Terrell, a lot of disrupted plays um, on defense. He's had multiple interceptions through training camp. 
this guy has put on a show for Tampa Bay and will be a huge addition to their defense early on in his young career. So Winfield, keep it up, um, live up to that family name, and get that starting job week one and continue to dominate throughout the season. A guy I really want to keep my eye on this year because the guy I think could sneak up in that defensive rookie of the year category with Chase Young. Um, if he can continue to dominate and be that ball hawk safety he's shown so far in the regular season, he'll come out of this season with multiple interceptions already in his rookie year. So I'm looking, really looking to see how he does uh, come week one and throughout the season. Um, our next player we got on the list, another wide receiver. We got Justin Jefferson out of Minnesota. And something I want to point out with Justin Jefferson, and it's really more of a question, is who's going to play the slot in Minnesota? Traditionally, we've seen the slot receiver being um, Adam Thielen for the Minnesota Vikings, and they moved on from Stephon Diggs, their leading wide receiver, this offseason and replaced him uh, with Justin Jefferson. But in LSU, Justin Jefferson did the bulk of his work out of the slot, so it's going to be interesting to see how they implement um, Justin Jefferson in their offense with Adam Thielen already set up as their slot man um, in that offense. But offensive coordinator said, um, Gary's, Gary Kubiak said that Justin Jefferson is exactly what they drafted so far through training camp, and he's really been able to move him around in that offense and allow Justin Jefferson to jump in and out of the slot and really shown his great route running expertise so far through training camp. So it's, we're going to have to see who they actually put as their slot receiver or if they kind of mix them in and out um, with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. How Gary Kubiak works with those two wide receivers this season is going to be really important to keep an eye on. And Jefferson, Justin Jefferson does have the ability to work outside. Um, but like I said, um, his real ability has come out of the slot. And the same goes for Adam Thielen as well. But something interesting that we've seen from training camp is that Bossy um, Johnson has been the number two guy uh, for Minnesota with the number three guy being Justin Jefferson. How that shakes up in these last two weeks going into the season um, is going to be something to keep an eye on this last part of training camp. Um, Johnson's a guy who stepped up big last year when Adam Thielen went down with an injury, um, and Gary Kubiak said they kept his eye on that. Um from last season, and that's why he's currently ranked above Justin Jefferson right now. And Johnson's been playing um, tremendous as well at the wide receiver position. But Jefferson's a guy I want to see um, see how he can come up in this depth chart and um, see how Gary Kubiak, of course, implements him into their offense and at the wide receiver position. And then for the final player we got on our NFL rookie report and the final um, note for today's episode, we got Cam Akers. Uh, the running back out of Los Angeles for the Rams. And with the Rams, what I want to see out of Cam Akers and their offense is how they use him. Um, are they going to use uh, the running back position as more of a committee uh, with Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown? Or are they going to start relying heavily on their rookie um, Cam Akers this season? And last year in 2019, they averaged 3.7 yards per rush. And that was with Todd Gurley. And they moved on, of course, from him this offseason, replaced um, him with Cam Akers coming in out of Florida State. Um, Cam Akers has great ability, in my opinion, being an explosive um, running back out in the run game and a guy who can really help that average, in my opinion, for the Rams. 
Um, but I'm going to see how this works with their running game, with their running game this season. Like I said, with that committee workload with Henderson and Brown. Um, but in my opinion, I think it's going to be a gradual takeover from Cam Akers. At the beginning, it's going to be a committee um, offense at that running back position. But once they see what Cam Akers is made of and start giving him reps um, throughout the season, like I said, gradual takeover. Cam Akers, um, by probably week four, week five, will get the bulk of the workload out of that committee and start being their guy going forward for their offense for the rest of the season. So that's the last guy we got on our list for NFL Rookie Report. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Just wanted to fill you in on how some of these rookie um, NFL rookies are looking so far through their first training camp and how what they've done so far is going to implement going into week one and the next two weeks. So again, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. That's all we got for today. Um, so we're going to keep things rolling here on the Saw Sports Show um, while the rest of the world seems to... Um, get things back together. Uh, we're going to keep rolling week after week with episodes. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Go back and check out some of our other ones if you've not already and check out our Twitter. Keep up to date with all the breaking tweets we got going on on there as well. So again, thank you for listening to today's episode. Hope you enjoyed and until next time, peace.